0: Star Wars Monthly Monday number 11.
1: How do you create magic? You begin with an idea, then translate it into the sights and sounds people believe. This tour will share some of the secrets behind the Star Wars magic. So prepare to enter a galaxy far, far away.
2: Ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a great adventure took place. You belong in a circus right next to the dog faced boy.
1: I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum.
2: no good rotten, forth flushing low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blunt, sucking dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty legged, worm-headed stack of monkeys Meh
1: And now, together by live simulation via the internets. Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell
0: Blah, blah, blah Blah, blah, No, blah, blah, blah Hey, welcome to Star Wars Monthly Monday number 11 I'm Chris Honeywell and I'm here in the broadcasting for the first time from the forest moon of Endor Or maybe from the forest moon of Yavin I don't really know which fucking moon I'm on right now But I'm here with Scott Gardner, another freak Hello. And uh, now we're really psyched. We are now not only members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts, but we are also brand new shiny members of the Comic Podcast Network. Woohoo! And uh, you know, I should give the credit to Scott to that cuz he sort of mitigated that and I think uh, now now if you're over there, you can see us and it'll shoot you over here or wherever the hell you went to hear us now but <laughs> hey you can't team up you can't be a, a member of too many super teams as far as I'm concerned There you go. so that's two of them that we're in now we're getting up there in the world and yeah, we're moving on up <laughs> 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 getting up there in age too which brings us to our topic Star Wars it is of course Star Wars Monthly Monday but it's uh it's a sort of milestone every after every 10 episodes of a regular Star Wars Monthly Monday we're going to cover one of the movies and today we're covering Star Wars and now I think we we were talking about this before we started and we're not going to really do the standard Podcasts, you know, oh, I like this scene. Oh, this, you know, you can see the cut where R2-D2 falls down and all that stuff. I think that's been sort of covered. We're going to put it in the context of our lives, of yes. our brains, and uh, its effect on it. So, it, it, you know, we, we, we talked about it a little bit and figured... You know, maybe should we start at episode one, but we were going to start where it all began for us, which, right. you know, we wouldn't be here right now on doing this podcast if it wasn't for Star Wars. I can pretty much guarantee that.
3: Damn, and, George Lucas. Damn his yeah. eyes.
0: I could have a normal life. You could, you, but that opportunity passed by you long ago. <laughs> yes, it did.
3: like it Like a car that nearly hits you, it did. It sped by me long ago and splashed mud out of me as it went. Yes. That 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 boat has sailed. It, it, but you know, we're this is kind of our uh, our movie month. Th- this entire yeah. month we're going to be doing movies that relate to the different weekly topics. So you know you got Star Wars this week, next week is a Star Trek which we'll do Star Trek the motion picture then, after that is Superman, and then after that is a secret project that we 're not yes. letting out of the bag yet you just got to tune in to find out what geek movie it is that we 're going to talk about, but those other ones will be more straight up movie reviews we 'll actually break them down and go scene per scene or whatever we 're going to do yeah. there 'll be more straight reviews you know and, and talking about the content but I mean honestly, who the hell hasn 't seen Star Wars who hasn 't already seen a documentary or listened to a hundred podcasts exactly. all doing this so yeah for this one we decided yes we're going to talk about the movie but we're going to do it you know two true freak style we're going to do it in the context of what was the impact on our lives and it was a hell of an impact
0: yeah yeah oh my god i can't even you know my my whole life um direction has been I don't want to say dictated by Star Wars, but it's been nudged. You know, uh, Star Wars is what made me realize the power. The, it made me realize the power of cinema. You know, mm-hmm. the power of a movie to move you and to get you excited into it, basically to draw you into a completely self-contained real world. That's that was great. That was fantastic so when I realized that you could do that, that you know you could do this with a movie I I wanted to make movies from that point on at that point I it, especially I wanted to make you know Star Wars like movies but you know it is evolved into that and that's why I ended up in, in Rochester New York was to go to film school and that's where I ended up living so Star Wars all the way I would say at least at least half the kids in my film class were there because of Star Wars and the effect that it had on their early malformed, unformed brains.
3: I remember hearing something a while back about the generations and how every generation has an event where where people of that time know exactly where they were and what they were doing. And they're always related to... Well, I was going to say they're always related to tragedies. That's not necessarily true. No. But for example, the you know the people of the of the generation when the Titanic sank, you know that was such a, a a cultural milestone. Those people knew exactly what they where they were in their lives and what they were doing when they heard that yeah, news. When, when
0: Kennedy got shot. When
3: Kennedy got shot, or when you know when uh, Martin Luther Armstrong King, okay. walked on the moon, or yeah. or Martin Luther King, or Robert Kennedy, something like that. But Star Wars, I think, should be lumped into that for our generation. I think well, that Star Wars definitely you know what is I, one of those dividing lines.
0: You know what I would say? I would put it is although it does fall into those are all sort of cult, mass cultural things, but I would I would compare it more to say it actually actually now that I think about it, what I'm about to say is probably a pretty valid comparison, the Beatles. Mm-hmm. The, the way the, 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 the reaction you know the Beatles when the Beatles first came out there were people going whoa what is what is this and there were um, parents enjoying it with their kids you know parents and grandparents were going you know I like these Beatles and even right. though I don't like this yeah yeah music these Beatles are pretty good and and your music teacher could go ah you see they're using the same musical theory that Beethoven used in writing this song right. and, and uh and Star Wars did that. It, it, it really bridged, you know, it was a kiddie movie that, that the adults were liking just as much as the kids. And I think that was sort of a point in in Hollywood history and pop culture history where when the realization of, wow, we could make a movie that's science fiction or fantasy or, or however you want to classify it and have you know have it be as accessible to the adults as it is to the kids that was sort of a new thing you know movies were either made specifically for kids or for adults pretty much or mm-hmm. there wasn't there, there wasn't a lot you know every once in a while i'm sure there was something that, that came along that, that the adults would like that was kitty fair but this you know i mean this this sucked adults in uh, you know i mean i i would go to the movies with my parents and they would be like oh that was a good movie you know but Star Wars blew their mind too. They were just like, "Hey, they were buying me the toys because they were thought they were just as cool as me." You know, I'm sure they didn't. They were saying that, but I'm sure that's how they felt. You know, especially now having been, you know, I'm older than they were when when they were buying me Star Wars toys. So I know <laughs> I would have been enjoying it. So, yeah. you know the
3: the, the Christians talk about being born again, you know, when, when you give your life to, to Christ and all that, you know, they, they have, you know, a lot of Christians will actually celebrate that date, you know, the, the date that they were born again and all that, you know, when I'm dead and gone, (laughs) many, 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 many moons from now, you know, I could easily have 1977 as my birth date on my gravestone and be perfectly content with that because, you know, granted, I was nine years old when Star Wars came out, but really, I had the potential to grow up and be a "quote unquote" normal kid until Star Wars. Yeah, and it was seeing that movie was like it was almost like being born again. It was like wow, it opened a whole new world, and it was it was a dividing line between the the kid with the potential I may have had <laughs> and, and the kid that I would grow up to be. You know, it was like. Well, Are you glad like that, that you didn't
0: end up normal? Oh, well, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> most of the time, yeah, you can't be glad all the time, for sure. Yeah. You know, when I'm flipping,
3: you know, the the nine thousand sports channels that you've got to get past to get to something yeah. good. On yes, I'm glad I'm not a straight. Yes, thank you very much because I can't imagine such a sad, sad life as like tuning to golf and going, "Ooh, Ooh. I gotta watch this." Settle, yeah,
0: settling be... right in, yeah. <laughs> Although I'm sure there's some listener out there. Put a bullet who, who in me, loves, please. Loves their golf, and you know, whatever. Ugh. Forgive us, please. I mean, or there, or there might even be some listeners out there who are religious, who are going. They were born again into Star Wars.
3: <laughs> Here you go born I'm a born again Star Wars Christian, or whatever. I don't know.
0: I don't know where I was going with that. Have but, you uh, accepted Yoda into your heart as your as your savior? Yes,
3: yes I have seen the light. <laughs>
0: And it's no. the light of a lightsaber.
3: Now, I, I, I think I may have heard this story before, but I'm going to ask you for the sake of our listeners. Uh-huh. Now, how did you discover Star Wars? It was a commercial on TV, right?
0: Well, no, not exactly. There was... First thing that happened was when um, my dad was building our solar house. He had this guy named Randy Nichols who was 20 years old and pretty much looked like Luke Skywalker. And he was somewhere... On the west coast. And happened to be. At one of the early. At an early screening of Star Wars. A pre-release screening of it. And he came back. And he was going nuts. And he knew. You know. uh, You know that I was into Star Trek. And science fiction and stuff. And he said. Oh boy. When you see this movie. You're going to go nuts. You have to see this movie. It's called Star Wars. And there's a scene. Where people fall into a garbage compactor And it's closing up on them And they're trying to get out of the garbage compactor And you know I was going what really Because I was I mean I was 100% Star Trek You know right. I, I just lived and breathed I loved me some Star Trek And Scooby Doo And uh, so you know I, I remember him being really excited about it And he was getting you know my, my parents were getting excited about it too And I was getting excited about it And then the ne- very next day as i was getting ready to go to school i always had if i was lucky i had enough time to see on the today show gene shallot do his movie review mhm just before the oh, bus this, would come this
3: this was the part i was thinking of with with ben's death and tie fighter yes, attack yes it was
0: it was ben's death and tie fighter attack and gene shallot sh- showed it and of course gene shallot doesn't really even like to give bad reviews you know he would do his dogs of the year at the end of the year or whatever it was I can't remember what I think that was actually Siskel and Eber, but um he you know he was going nuts and, and he's like this movie blah 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 and then they show Ben's death in TIE Fighter or the the TIE Fighter attack basically you know the, as soon as as soon as you hear it. well no I think it started right with Princess Leia sort of comforting Luke and then the bam 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 and you know and shooting and and I was used to... They're coming
3: in too fast! Yes,
0: I'm used to seeing, you know, Captain Kirk point the laser, squeeze the trigger, and a line come out, you know? From here <laughs> to there and go, Ooh, And spaceships sort of like traveling on a flat plane going from point A to point B instead of rotating on axes, axes and and right. firing machine gun. You know, the lasers were short bursts of light that looked and sounded like tracer bullets from a machine gun. And, this, and the Millennium Falcon was all dirty and, and people were in shiny spacesuits. They were in the clothes that, they, you know, every day work at, you know, Han Solo was in a dirty old vest, you know. He was kind of like a biker. And, you know, everybody had shaggy hair. So it looked like, to me, like the thing I'm thinking is space hippies, you know. And I was just, in, I was just like, my, that that blew my mind right there, and from that point on, it was just like, you know, when are you taking me to Star Wars? When are we going to Star Wars? Star Wars, stars. Wars, when are we going to Star Wars? And and you know, and it was within days after that that we were at Star Wars, and I remember being at the theater and just, you know, my sister fell asleep. <laughs> my sister fell asleep about halfway through. And, Katie
3: couldn't have been more than, what, six or seven years old, yeah, something like that? Yeah.
0: yeah. All I remember was at the point where the Death Star is closing in on, on, you know, coming around Yavin. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, they're all dead. There's no way they're going to get out of it because the countdown's going. And I was one of those kids that did the countdown in my head. And, uh-huh. it was like, and would always be like, hey, wait, the countdown ended three minutes ago.
3: <laughs> They're all now, speaking dead. Speaking of I- that, before I forget about this, I'm going to forget about this if I don't say it right now. So forgive okay. me for interrupting. That's you, fine. When we were kids, and I know that you thought the same thing, so I'm going to remind you and see if you remember this. But when we were kids and we used to listen to the audio tape of this over and over and over and over again, there's a guy. I think he's a rebel. I think it's, I think the scene is actually in the Rebel base when, when Leia and 3 and Dadonna are all gathered around the, the, the table, you uh-huh. know, the hologram table or whatever, and they're watching the thing. And there's a voice that goes, the Death Star will be in range in how, however many minutes or whatever, like five minutes or something like that. Uh-huh. And I always used to say, God, that guy sounds just like my dad. Today, that guy sounds just like me. The next time you watch Star Wars, listen for that voice that says the Death Star will be in range. I'm pretty sure the line is five minutes. Listen to that voice. and I'm asking our audience to do this, too. Listen to that voice and tell me that guy doesn't sound like me.
2: Death Star will be in range in five minutes. Death Star will be in range in five minutes.
3: But when I was a kid, I heard that voice and thought it sounded just like my dad. So it's really funny to hear it now whenever I watch Star Wars. I hear that, and I go, "Wow, does that sound just...?" like that? <laughs> It's really cool, but uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean well, to, to throw off your your. No, your I was. Of
0: I was just saying, you know, I was so wrapped up in it, and I believed, I just believed, you know, I I, I was just like they're doomed, you know. I was I was putty in George Lucas's hands. I was a perfect age to be putty in George Lucas's hands. Mm-hmm. And when we walked out of that theater, my parents were just as jazzed up as I was. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got to see it so many times as they were down for going, going to see star Wars again. It, it became like a pastime, you know, it's like, you know, I was planning it, you know, it was, let's see how many times I can get to the theater. And I remember yep. every day I would open up the newspaper and I would look on the inside page of the Watertown Daily Times to see if Star Wars was still there. And I'd be, and after, like, a year, it was just like, yeah, it's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Star Wars is never going away. <laughs> now,
3: do you remember when you saw it?
0: It was 77. No, I mean, I like, 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 oh, okay. I don't remember, yeah, like a specific date.
3: Because for the longest time, I had this idea in my head that we went when it opened and that can't be right because I'm thinking it had to be probably closer to summertime. You know, I don't even know if school was in or out, but my first star Wars memory was we were, we were at my grandparents' house and this is when they lived, you know, up on the hill in black river, Uh you know, where, where Gary would eventually build his restaurant and all that. And we were at my grandparents' house and I don't know if it was a special occasion or just what, but everybody was there. Or it seems, to my memory, everybody was there. And I mean, you know, everybody. Because my, you know, my grandparents had, you know, half, you know, what was it, like eight kids. So.
0: 84 children. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
3: And I remember Fran coming in. And I'm pretty sure he was dating my Aunt Shar at the time. But anyway, he came in and, and he was all jazzed about this movie they'd just gotten out of. And it was Star Wars. And for some reason, I was thinking, and I think Randy, you know, Randy was there too, and I think Randy was thinking too that this had something to do with Star Trek. And Fran was trying to tell us, well, it's like Star Trek, but the ships, man, the ships. And that was the big impression he'd had from the movie is like you said, that these ships weren't like on Star Trek were the best you could hope for was a flyby of the Enterprise going, da 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 And then, you know, the rest of the show would be Kirk and Spock talking. He said, no, man, these ships, you know, they, they turn and they chase each other and it's like an old, you know, an old war movie and they're, they're going into a trench and they're fighting the machine and blah-blah-blah. And he was so excited about the ships and the way they moved and the fights and everything. It got me jazzed. But in my mind, I'm still seeing, like, the Enterprise and the Klingon battlecruiser and trying to picture them moving fast there was and, really
0: no re- way of for us to picture it before no, we saw no there was it.
3: not there was not and you know you you were saying the same thing about star trek you know that we were you know you were into star trek i wasn't so much into it i mean i was aware of it and that was my you know like science fiction benchmark you know that was the thing that came to mind when he was talking about this movie and i wonder in a way you know, we always t- joke about not crossing the streams, but I wonder just how much Star Wars does owe Star Trek as far as science fiction was already in the public conscious at that point. You know, that that, that Star Trek was well, it, it, really starting to hit the height of its it had, resurgence, you know, to where people wanted it to return and all that. And then Star Wars comes in and kind of fills that, if that void. If is
0: half the nerd that you'd think he is he probably had to have watched Star Wars or Star Trek in the 60s when he was Mm -hmm. young you know and yeah it would have to I mean you know there's blah 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 the power of myth all that you know Joseph Campbell you know the hero with a thousand faces and all that yeah I get that equal parts Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers serials and stuff like Mm -hmm. that you know really affected it I think it was just all the movies he probably watched in in the matinee house when he was a kid you know
3: well I can remember the the first time I saw Star Wars actually got to go see it we went and my dad is famous for getting to the movie theater when the movie should actually be starting so we went and it was me dad and Randy who you know we talked about in a, in a previous recent episode randy for those that don't remember or didn't hear that episode randy biologically is my uncle but he's the same exact age that that chris and i are you know he so we grew up together as really just as friends rather than any sort of familiar relationship he's my dad's youngest brother but he just happens to be my same age so anyway it was really like dad taking me and a, and a best friend you know what i mean so we went to see star wars and And the line wrapped around the building like, I don't know, like three times. This was a little two-screener theater. You know, I mean, just that's it. It was just a little simple movie theater that was all the town had. So we went there. We had to wait through this monstrous line. And my first memory of Star Wars was walking through the double doors into the back of the theater, and Luke was kneeling in front of R2-D2 and shortly, the, you know he'd, he'd get zapped and the projection of Leia would come out. That was my first Star Wars moment. So we were that late into the movie. And it still completely blew me away. I mean, it was just unlike anything that had ever yeah. you know passed before my eyes. And so I can remember being teased in fourth grade. And I don't think you were one of the ones doing it. But I do remember being teased by the other kids that were just as into this phenomenon as we were. About the fact that, you know, here I was starting to really... I was really kind of at the head of the nerd movement for Star Wars. I mean, I was the big trivia guy and loved... You know, wanted to learn all the details and all that. The but kid who
0: showed up at school with a shoebox full of figures, too. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, and here I had missed, like, the first... How long is that? That's got to be, like, a solid half hour of the movie, you know? Or 20 minutes, anyway. Yeah, You know, easily. of the movie that I hadn't easily. ever seen. So the other kids were like... Yeah, well, you know, you haven't even seen the whole movie, so... (laughs) It's just funny to think about that, but... You know, and then we were talking before that... uh, You know, I... I know that I saw Star Wars over and over again at, you know, the movies, either the theater or the drive-in. But I don't have another memory of Star Wars again until... The Black River Drive-In with Eddie Johnson and I know that was my third viewing so I uh, somewhere in the middle I've lost my memory of whatever the second time was actually seeing the movie I I wish I could remember I have no memory of it at all I don't know where it was and who it was with or or anything like that but I know that we begged Eddie's mom and she took us to the Black River Drive-In and we went and saw Star Wars and that's when I recorded it with the you know with one of those old-fashioned you know, boxy Radio Shack tape recorders, you know, the audio tape recorders, and I recorded the movies, so that's that's how I got to memorize every line and piece of music uh-huh. and everything was just listening to that thing over and over and over again. It's just crazy.
0: Crazy. You see, I couldn't remember, I remember my first time, and then everything else is a, a blur after that, it was just plotting and scheming to get to Star Wars again, and and then, of course, with that was the Renaissance. So, you know, within a few months, I was watching Close Encounters and stuff too. I mm-hmm. remember, I remember going into that same theater and watching the last fifteen minutes of the China Syndrome <laughs> before Close Encounters started up.
3: Now, did you ever see Star Wars at the drive-in? Oh yeah. What was the double bill? I wonder.
0: I don't know it. I don't. I don't know. I remember it was a it, lot of different things, because it was at the drive-in for a while.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, it kept coming back.
0: Yeah. They, they'd have it, and then it would
3: go away, and then it was like it would be right back again, because people were just screaming for yeah. Star Wars. So. Cause, uh, but I wonder, because I remember one time going to see Star Wars, and I could swear that, that one of the double bills might have been... What year was the Blue Max out? I remember a movie called The Blue Max, and I could swear that that might have been... You the know, double bill. that sounds I,
0: familiar that sounds like you know because I used to cut the I used to cut the movie ads out of the paper and save them yeah me too now and it's of- now and it's fifty third record week you know yeah. it, <laughs> but that's yeah. literally what you know I remember when it hit a year and it was just like Star Wars has been at the theater for a year just raking in money
3: mm-hmm yeah, I remember it was at the. I wonder if it was ever at the theater and at the drive ins at this. Because back then there was actually more than just the Black River. There was the Starlet. starlet that's before but the it Starlet shows.
0: Yeah, the, that's right. That was before it was an adult theater.
3: Yeah, it went to becoming a porn drive in of
0: all things. Can you
3: imagine a porno on that giant screen in the, you know. Well, Out you, where, like, a kid could wander through a field and see it or something. Well, we, yeah, used to, we used to be, be
0: coming back from the beach, and my sister and I would always try to crane our necks to, and, you, you know, you always catch a second of the screen, you know. That's the great <laughs> thing about being a kid and driving by a drive-in. Oh, yeah. catch a second of the movie for free. And, oh, uh yeah.
3: when they went to that, that sound in your car, I can remember um, hiking up onto that, I don't know what the hell the name of it is, but, you know, all right, there's the Black River Drive-In, like you're headed to Watertown, right? And the the Black River Drive-In's on your right-hand side. A little bit further down the road is that road on the right that I don't know where it goes to, into Black River, I think. And then across the street is that great big hill. And I can remember us as kids climb into the top of that hill with a little transistor radio, to to, tuning in the thing, and then yeah. sitting up on that hill and watching whatever the hell movie they uh-huh. were showing at the movie theater absolutely for free.
0: Yep. <laughs> just like the, just like Sugarland Express. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we never got to see any naked people at the porno. Every time we went by the porno theater, it was always a scene with a doctor talking to a nurse or something stupid like that, you know, When we go by, so it was always very anticlimactic so to speak. But... <laughs> No but intended. I just want to take a pause here and say when we we're talking when we say Star Wars, we mean Star Wars, not Episode right. Four, not A New Hope. Maybe I would give the concession to you know Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. Right, right. But but we're not talking. You know, there's there's going to be no special edition talk or anything. This is the pure Star Wars.
3: For people that don't know what we're talking about when we're saying no episode four, no new hope, when Star Wars came out and you got that opening scene with, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then it goes to Star Wars and then you get the scroll, when you watch that movie now on just about any cut that exists except a bootleg of something, it's going to say episode four, a new hope. But when Star Wars first came out, it didn't have that. It just said. What did it say? I, I think it Star did Wars. say Episode Four, but no, it, 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 it
0: did not. No, it, it, it not at first. It what? But he, I think it just he, said
3: it's a period of civil war in yes, the galaxy. Right? Yes, yeah.
0: it was just Star Wars, and yeah. uh, and I can't remember which came first, Episode Four or A New Hope. But, episode
3: Four, when but, they realized that that there was going to be another one, and that it, that that we were already in the middle of like a like a three act play.
0: And that was still that happened in its original theatrical run. It was like I right. can't remember which release of it was, but because the releases right. sort of overlap. But you know, the movie was constantly being re-released. They were probably printing out prints right. of it in Hollywood, like you know, it was that new hope business. thing
3: didn't come along for quite a while. I if think I that remember. was
0: I think that was after Empire.
3: Yeah, it could be. It because could very well. That be. was
0: when because it wasn't until Empire that you you. You could be sure that he had some sort of storyline mapped out for the
3: future. The episode four thing, but the new hope thing has always bugged me. I just, I don't know why. I just, I like the fact that the original one is just simply, it's Star Wars. That's it. It's just Star Wars. There's no subtitles or anything. And then the next one is Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back. And that's, that was another thing that I, I don't want to tangent too much, but that always drove me crazy that people would, call that, and like you'd go to your video store. I I guarantee you, if you go to your local blockbuster or your local video store, unless you've got an anal-retentive guy working there like I was when I worked (laughs) in video, they're split up. You've got Star Wars in the S's, Empire in the E's, and Return of the Jedi in the R's, unless you've got somebody who's who's an anal-retentive fan of those movies and puts them in order. But I always did because I've always referred to them as Star Wars, Star Wars Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Star Wars Return of the Jedi, because those are the the real names i don't know where i was going with that i
0: don't know (laughs) just working yourself up into a froth
3: Uh, i don't it's in the terrible i'm i'm always like this
0: well i think we should take a couple minutes and and give you a little time out in the corner to to, to think about what you just said to the to the nice podcast viewers and uh (laughs) Maybe you can come back and apologize to them and offer to mow their lawn or something to to make up for it.
1: Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle. Light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart R2D2. Hello. That's awesome, that's awesome. It's an epic of heroes, Good luck. and villains, <laughs> and aliens from a thousand worlds. <laughs> we
0: We're back with Star Wars Mania, mania—the the disease that gripped both Scotts and my brains,
3: and the whole world, and the man. whole
0: world. But us more than anybody else. Yep, and we were uh, at
3: the forefront of the movement.
0: You know, we were just talking about how how we first saw Star Wars, and once we saw it, that was just sort of it. That's when. It, you know, I mean, as as a kid, you get your obsessions, you know, and it's always been, the, you know, kids used to be obsessed with the Lone Ranger. So, you know, we were totally obsessed with Star Wars and acquiring anything we could get Star Wars, mm-hmm. seeing it how as many times as we can and almost being in competition with the other kids as to and using that as as a sort of measuring post as to how dedicated you were. To the Star Wars universe Was how many times You'd seen the movie And mm-hmm. under how many You know in, in, in as many You know At the drive-in At the movie theater You know And I, And you know I, I'm very surprised That I never wrote it down Or anything But I couldn't tell you You know How many times I watched it When I was a kid I know I had a running number And I just You know Now it's just In the hundreds And hun- you know It's mm-hmm. easily In the hundreds of times That I've seen that movie and uh, more so than yeah. probably any other movie that I've seen multiple times yeah. or whatever.
3: One, once I got past a hundred, I just kind of lost count at some attention. point. Yeah, I remember that being a big deal when I figured I had seen it a hundred times. And
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I think yeah, that's gotta be gotta be. The, the movie I've watched more than any other movie has got to be the original Star Wars.
0: You well, know, I've you know I mean I literally I remember there was some anniversary of it and I was hanging out with one of my friends and and she was a Star Wars fan too, but she was a, quite a bit younger than me. So she you know she sort of came upon it in the age of video and and it came on TV and I was over at her house and she's like, oh, I love Star Wars. I'm the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. And I said, really? And I said. Well, I'll do you do every other line of dialogue, and I'll do the sound effects and music too. So I was just going through and you know just going right along with the movie. You know, you know when the dramatic music cues would come up, I could you know they've shut down the main reactor. You know, will be destroyed for sure. This is madness, and just right along with the movie. And after a (laughs) while, she just gave up and was just sort of sitting and after a while, you know, she was sorta of getting tired of it and a little pissed off, but I was just gonna <laughs> sit there and all through the whole movie I'd stop for a little while, but then I would just start, you know bum 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 bum
3: I still do that just to kind of freak out my wife and kids. Sometimes we'll be watching a Star Wars movie, you know, one of the one of the original trilogy. I can't do it with the prequel trilogy, but yeah. we'll, we'll be watching one of the original trilogy, and I'll just hit mute on the on the receiver, and I'll just continue the dialogue, just con- you know, continue talking, and they're just looking at me like, "You have seen this movie like way, way too many times." Oh, to the point <laughs> just of where shocked the look on their
0: face. You know, not just delivering all the lines of the human characters, but delivering the lines in in. Hutties and, You know Greedo's lines And R2-D2 Lines mm-hmm. Anything All of it One thing that you were saying We got had to bring up That sort of This this sort of reminds me of Is the sound of Star Wars And, and yes. how that And uh, you know Both with the music of John Williams And the sound effects of Ben Burt Because mm-hmm. really up until that point I hadn't thought about the Mechanics of making a movie Right. And, you know, much less, to, I think the only other person that had to do with movies it wasn't a director or an actor that I would have known the name of, like was Tom Savini, the makeup effects guy. But, right. but with Star Wars, you know, you started learning the name, you know, Ben Burt. Ben Burt was not just like, you know, oh, that's a name in the credits. Ben Burt, we were, I mean, We're into Ben Burtt, you know. Oh yeah,
3: John Dykstra and Uh Gary Kurtz and all Uh these guys. For for the first time, you know, here we were kids of nine and ten years old, and we knew the producers and the guys that did the effects and the sound effects and all the. And it's like, what kid pays attention to that stuff? But we did because it was part of Star Wars, and we wanted to know it all and we wanted to absorb it all. So we got to to know these people that. Were, you know became just as much characters of the trilogy as the actors that you saw on the screen
0: and 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 of course once the movie had been out for a little while and and everybody'd realized you know how profitable it was you started getting the television documentaries mm-hmm. on how they made the movie and 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 all that so that's when you'd first see Ben Burt and these and you know I remember seeing him tapping on. Uh, you know the tension wires on a on a high voltage line, and recording it for the laser beams. And I remember you and I saw that. And the next day we couldn't wait to get out. Yep. and Get up to a high We went up in uh, the in the woods up by Randy's, mm-hmm. and just sort of went went up to the, and started whacking on them with a piece of metal. And and sure enough,
3: yep, we had uh, a whole tape full of, yep. of laser bolts that we had made ourselves with yep. the, with the high tension wire. Well, it's funny you mentioned those documentaries because when you were talking about the times we had seen the movie, I was thinking about those old – there's one of those old documentaries, and I couldn't tell you which one it is. Maybe it's making of Star Wars or something. I don't know. But there's one of those documentaries that was actually one of my very early, early indicators that, wow, I'm really, really a Star Wars freak because – it was the it was the first indicator that I was, like, ahead of the curve on my Star Wars mania. Because there's a scene in one of those documentaries where they show just random fans. And they go, you know, hi, I'm Joe Blow, and I've seen Star Wars 25 times. And then they would show somebody else, hi, I'm Cindy Yoohoo, and I've seen Star Wars, you know, 35 times. And every person that they show... When I first saw that documentary, I had seen the movie more than all the people, uh-huh. except there's one scene, and it was a crowd scene, of all these people, and they are like on a stairway or something. And in unison, they say, between us, we've seen Star Wars, and I think the number was like 725 or something <laughs> like that. Those were the only ones that you know had seen it more than me was this group of people. And it was like, okay, I, I I guess I'm really into the Star Wars uh-huh. thing. <laughs> but uh I actually I have you to blame for for one of my, my uh-huh. manias that continues to this day is the whole John Williams thing. And I think we told this story before so yeah. I, I, I won't go too heavily into it. But you brought that tape of the star wars soundtrack to school and traded it for something we did some trade in in fourth grade for i don't know action figures or cards or something and i got that tape and wore it out man and and to this day you know that that's right up there is one of my big hobbies is collecting soundtracks and it all once again owing owing back to star wars you know the yeah you know that that great soundtrack by by Williams. It's just fantastic.
0: It's it's it, it, when going through my dad's house, I found my original. I thought I had it, but I obviously I didn't. I found my original Star Wars and Empire records. Oh wow! And, and Raiders of the Lost Ark record. Um, but the Star Wars record, I knew it was my original record because record number two was. And this was in the weird days when record albums, if it was a double album, it was side one and three and side two and four. Right,
3: right, yeah. And
0: uh, the one with side, and and my favorite was side two and four. Mm
3: -hmm. I
0: loved side two and four. I think side two had Ben's death and TIE fighter attack on it.
3: I think so, yeah. And
0: side four had the, the, you know, the last battle. And, uh, which was just long and exciting and, and, uh, I remembered, you know, I would play that record constantly and I used to make the tapes, but I had one of those little record players, you know, that you open up the top of it, you know, and it just has a speaker built right underneath it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and, uh, and I would just take a tape recorder and put it by it and and sort of stand outside my room to try to like shut anybody up who was coming close to my room and keep, because <laughs> I had, uh, you know, sometimes the cat would come in and bat at the needle a little bit. And <laughs> I had a, I had a mash soundtrack record that had the cat batting around on it. And, uh, I dropped my record, the side two and four record one day and, uh, put a little, little, uh, it wasn't broken like a piece didn't break up, but there was a split into the first track. Oh. Into the first few You know into the first few Seconds Grooves. of the Yeah yeah More you know and <clears throat> to, Enough to where you had to you know And it, and you couldn't play it Oh, it and, and You had to play it after that point And I was so Disappointed because I had to listen to it, You know I had to start Side two and four Just a little bit you know 20 seconds in or something And I remember being so disappointed but I couldn't bring myself to like throw the record away or anything i still have i and i found it and i pulled it out and sure enough there was that little split and i'm like yep this is the one. <laughs> Oh wow it was in really <laughs> great shape i can't believe that i did not because i wore out my star trek star wars stuff i remember oh, I, had, yeah. I had one of those poster books which was another thing you you brought up before mm-hmm. you know, before we started the show, is I had one of those poster books, and I mean, I remember that thing hung on the wall and was re- until it fell into individual pieces. You know, each page just sort of detached from the next one, and it was just a pile of of pages that you could reform into a poster. And uh, and I I had the Star Wars. Portfolio, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah. And it was all those uh, uh, Ellenshaw paintings, Peter mm-hmm. Ellenshaw paintings, pre-production paintings, just really nice print, prints of them. But I had, when we saw it in the bookstore in Watertown, um, they sold me the copy that they had on the, that, that was like the copy that was on the shelf and it was a little bent up and stuff. So they sold it really cheap to my mom they said oh well you know we can sell you this one because that thing was like probably i think back in those days it was like 12.95 or something which was probably more like 30 or 40 bucks now right yeah and um you know my mom got it for like five bucks or something but you know the the folder that went over it was kind of bent up and and remember you had the
3: one with the macquarie paintings in it too, all that conceptual That's stuff. That's
0: what I'm thinking of. It's all Macquarie. yeah. I yeah. don't know why I'm thinking I'm thinking the matte paintings in the background Yeah, well, I thought Peter you did Ellen have Shaw. something
3: that had something with Ellenshaw as well I thought you did, but uh, maybe I'm thinking of Starlog magazine Starlog
0: I, magazine with the cover of it of yeah. him painting the the the, the, background, the, the background yeah, background, well no it, back- it was a the background there. where Ben Kenobi was sh- yeah shutting off the tractor beam yeah, and uh that was a, a great – and, you know, you can't really – you got to – we got to give props to Starlog magazine and mm-hmm. all those magazines that just, I think
3: that's such a lost oh, sure. element today. You know, the, that just doesn't happen. You know, like It happens the, like, on the
0: internet yeah. sort of, but it, not in the same way. You know, you go to your Harry Potter website or, you know, you go to a geek website and they talk about this and this. But those magazines were like that was those were your sole news source for right. that. You would hear about it in like regular news and stuff, but they were focused on sci-fi. And you know, you had Fangoria, which was more bloody and horror-related, and, and Starlog, that was. And then the, if you wanted to go expensive and and fancy, you had Cinefantastique. <laughs> that was always like seven ninety-five an issue, but it was in depth. You know, on the movie, it was really in-depth interviews and very incredible pictures. You know, they always had an, an, and and uh, and if you wanted to go ghetto, it was Famous Monsters of Filmland, <laughs> which is my favorite, really, of all of those. I just love Famous Monster. I love Forrest Ackerman's writing style, and I love that it was black and white, and you know. Even when it was coming out, you know, even when we'd get copies of it that were Star Wars and I still have all all my – I don't have all the fam- uh, Famous Monsters Star Wars covers but I have all the ones that I got as a kid and, mm-hmm. you know, even then looking at them, it still looked like something from the 50s, you know, because it was black and white and it would have Star Wars but then the next thing it would be like the old Dark House, you know, and it would be some – you know, weird, obscure, crappy horror movie from the thirties or forties or something. Right. Yeah. And, you know, but with really neat pictures from it, you know, pictures that made the, the movie seem like it would be really cool. And then when you finally get to see them, it, it was nothing compared to the description that famous Frankenstein and it.
3: the monster from hell, because yeah. of the, uh, Dave Prouse was one of the other of the monsters in that. movie. Yes. I remember that one and, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, those those the way they made those pictures look was like, wow, this movie looks really cool, and the movie was like, you know, 40 years old at that point and probably not very good.
0: Or but. even even new ones. Like I remember having a Star Wars one that also had it was like the Italian version of Star Wars, Star Crash, starring Stella right. Star, and the first picture was Stella Star like coming over a sand dune in her little space bikini and it was like, okay, I liked and You know, it has pictures of her spaceship and stuff, and and it was like, and you know, a description of the story, and I was all ready to see that movie, and, you know, when I finally did get to see Star Crash, it was, you know, easily one of the worst movies, you know, one of the worst, it's very fun to watch, but it was, you know, a really bad Star Wars rip-off.
3: I used to like the humor magazines, because it seemed like every humor magazine that was on the stands, whether it was... Mad or cracked, or I remember there being yeah. one that really thought their Star Wars parody was hilarious.
0: And their art was the, the guys who would do the, they'd always pick the guys who had that great, you know, could do great versions of all, you know, semi, like mild caricatures mm-hmm. of all the actors and stuff. So they looked, you know, they would draw scenes right out of the movie and So a lot of the Star Wars stuff looked really cool. The art was really cool on those.
3: But there was one. I have no idea what magazine it was, but it wasn't one of the major ones like Mad or Cracked, but the art was just gorgeous. It was
0: probably crazy.
3: Crazy. It could have been crazy. It was hilarious, though. I mean, it was the best Star Wars parody I'd ever read, and at the end of it, um, Vader took off his helmet, and it was Richard Nixon, and he he was looking for the lost, you know, those lost tapes and all. And I remember just those that. those little elements of it. There, I remember like the Sand People were actually after Luke because they wanted the the hubcaps off his land speeder and stuff. And it was weird and stupid, but it was just a lot of fun. Because I the think that was,
0: was Mad but, Magazine. Maybe I think it was. that was that Mad not? Magazine. I but, can uh, see it. I can see the pictures of the Sand People.
3: I mean, Star Wars. All those magazines. Star Wars was everywhere because I remember I even had a decent little collection of either whole magazines or pages right. out of out of dirty books. You know, like some of them were my dad's. You know, he'd bring home you know like Playboy or Hustler or something, and if there was a Star Wars cartoon or article or just a picture or whatever. You know, I'd abscond with it, you know. So I had a collection of, of stuff <laughs> that I wasn't even supposed to have at that yeah, age. Yeah, I was just
0: gonna say you, know? you could flip over the Star Wars and see yep. way more. Everyth- yeah, everything. <laughs> far, far into a galaxy far, far away.
3: But yeah, I I I miss I do kind of miss the movie magazines, you know, that that's that's totally Go on the way of the dinosaur with. They still you
0: know, sort of yeah. make them, but they're not really. They're all like Star Wars Insider, and
3: yeah, I'll, I'll thumb through that from time to time when I see it on the stands. But it takes a hell of a lot for me to to make the commitment to buy something like that because, like you say, yeah. with the internet being out there, it it's it doesn't it's have redundant. the same thing anymore. Yeah, it's it's redundant, but also. Those type of things, those magazines and, you know, the Star Wars cards and things like that, they were the placeholders while we had those three-year waits between the movies because, you know, back in those, I mean, we couldn't, we could not dream. I mean, if, if, if somebody or like the future version of us had come back and told us as little 10 and 12 year old kids that. Wow! One day you're gonna own Star Wars, and you can watch it anytime you want to yeah. in the luxury of your own. We'd have thought they were out of their minds. What kind so, of
0: dream world are you talking about? Yeah,
3: exactly. You know, so we couldn't ever conceive of of anything like videotapes or DVDs. So there were, you know, that that's something. I, I mean, kids today are never ever going to be able to relate to that. The fact that you know. You you could easily skip yeah. today's new blockbuster movie. You know, the next Star Wars could come out, you know, the next Star Wars phenom could come out at the movies. And you could easily skip it because, you know, six months later, it's going to be out on DVD. You just go to Walmart and buy it. Yeah, watch but, it on you know,
0: your big screen TV in your home theater, you know.
3: Yeah, but I mean, you had to to catch Star Wars when it, when it would come back each summer, like in 78 and 79 before Empire came out. I mean, you went and saw it again because it had been all that time since you had a chance to see it before, and uh-huh. all you had in the interim was those magazines to, you know, to tease you with what might be coming along or to remind you of certain scenes. Or you had or pictures behind in the, the
0: scene picture of Carrie Fisher, you know, eating a bagel while she's waiting for her next <laughs> shot. Yeah, yeah.
3: But you know, you didn't you didn't have access to. The, the full movie you know you had you know you had cards and you had pictures in magazines and you had you know maybe you know two minutes of something on a Fisher Price reel or something like that so those were the things that were the were the placeholder and I think somehow that made it bigger to us
0: oh, Yeah, you know it that had that mesquite
3: because there were little scenes that you know, the, the one scene I always remember is the scene when the droids take the escape pod and they jettison off and it's got that one guy and he says, uh, you know, he tells the other guy not to fire because there's no life forms aboard. And I remember that being a scene that I wanted specifically to keep going to the movies to see in Star Wars because there were no pictures of that scene in right. any form, anywhere. Right. It was never in a magazine or on a Star Wars card or anything. You had to see the movie to see that scene. And there's something mystical about that. you know, For lack of a better term, you it's a magical to, you feeling. You
0: have to be there and go through the experience in order to, to mm-hmm. see it.
3: And I lived for that, you know, I really, really lived for that. I mean, a lot of the bigger special effects sequences in Star Wars, you know, didn't wind up on cards, you know, right. The, The most you might've got is there were a lot on the Star Wars cards There were an awful lot of scenes of them filming special effects, you know, like filming an explosion or filming, you know, the, the Millennium Falcon coming into the docking bay. But that actual piece of film of a special effect, like like Darth Vader, you know, shooting somebody in, in his Tie Fighter, those shots didn't make it onto no, Star Wars. No, they were
0: very stingy with with what they released of that stuff. And when and and you know, we keep mentioning Star Wars cards, but Star Wars cards really like a lot of times a lot of there would be a big furor in our school about a new. I remember. God, was it a red or a yellow card? There was one card that was like a closer look at a Jawa. Mm -hmm. And you could sort of see it almost had a sort of fly face, you know? There was was a little face working in there. There was a little texture to it. And I remember when that card came out, it was just like, wow! You know, that's what a Jawa... You know, you can see a close-up, you know, a close-up of a Jawa. And every once in a while, there would be a card that had a really... Neat picture, or a picture that you hadn't seen before, or a picture even sometimes two or three frames later, right? From one that you'd seen, or for that was a, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, I'm
3: sorry. I, I didn't mean to I was just thinking that that that's what I loved about those because you know again for for younger listeners or listeners that don't know what we're talking about, the s- tops. Baseball cards or Topps card company—they got the rights to Star Wars. Now there had been at least one prior series. There was that Wonder Bread series. Those were the earliest Star Wars cards I can remember. I
0: could remember, yeah. Because
3: my grandmother gave me—I remember going to my grandmother's house, and she was like, "I got these in the bread. Do you want these?" And I was like, "Ah!" "Star Wars!" You know, flipping out. But then Topps came out with them, and they were sixteen cents. Because I can remember trying to always.
0: I always had to figure out how many you could get from your yep, allowance. Yeah. Yep,
3: you had to figure out in quantities of I mean it was good for math skills. You know, you had to figure out multiples of the number 16. So I got really good at, you know, 16, 32, 48, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way up. So anyway, you know, first there was the blue set, which were, you know, for the most part any picture you've ever seen of Star Wars probably was in the blue set of cards. Yes. Yeah, it was but the what standard I loved,
0: publicity pictures.
3: Yeah. What I loved about that set though, was each new set was a new color. It kept the same numbering, so it would just be the next number after, like the, right. the first red card would be the next number after the last blue card. So they kept building these sets. But each of those sets, don't you agree, Chris, they had their own unique identity?
0: They sure did.
3: Because red was very much what you were talking about a second ago with the the two-second-later sec- two shot. Those were the red cards,
0: and they had some of those weird shots. Like I remember, there was a shot of off the um, Death Star with a gun turret,
3: mm-hmm. and it
0: looked like a plastic model. Right. It looked like a weird picture of a plastic model. It looked like those ViewMasters where they would build a little three D model. Right. And yeah, it I had no sense of human around. sense of movement to it or anything. It looked. It was just really weird you know but i remember those were the cards that stood out because it was just like wow you know i haven't seen that frame before
3: <laughs> and then let me see next after that was yellow and i remember yellow being the one where there was a lot of um unusual pictures and uh, if i remember properly yellow was the first one that really had a lot of production photos you know like like showing yeah. things being made you know shots being shot and model shots and stuff like that Well I like remember
0: that. yellow being about twice as many as the other ones too the mm-hmm. yellow the yellow set was a lot bigger so there were there was a lot of that was when it became more apparent that there were that was when the whole trading aspect of it came really into right. play with was with the yellow ones cuz right. all of a sudden there'd be people being like Hey, you want to trade Star Wars cards? Yeah, what do you got? Well, I got this whole pile of yellows here. And it's like, I don't even want to talk to you. Come yep. back Come back when you got some blues or the greens.
3: The green, I love the green because of all the sets, I think green had some weird-ass pictures. But I remember it had at least one picture that everybody that, that collected these cards is going to know the card I'm talking about. It was a picture of, of, it was billed as Luke. It said something, Luke Skywalker in his outfit or something. And it was supposed to be a picture of Luke in his X-Wing outfit. But you looked at the picture and you said, that's not Luke. And it didn't look a thing like him. And it had something to do with that accident that Hamill had gone through. He'd been in some sort of horrible car accident or something. Remember this? Yeah, and the card, but that card doesn't look a thing like him. And I've always wondered what the story is with that card—if it was like post-accident or if it's a like a, a double or what the what the whole right. deal is with that. But there's something funny with that with that card. I'd love to know the story behind it.
0: Well, I think the green ones were also out for a very short time. They seemed to just sort of appear. The greens and the reds, I remember, sort of appeared and disappeared before I could collect them all, you know? Right. It was a really race to get them. The yellows were around forever, so. But well, there green were a few yellows was... that were really valuable, that, that were really rare, that were like, you know, you really had to get your hand, you know, that everybody was lacking.
3: Right. Well, the green ones, too, were like, the they were like the, the last thing before Empire, so they, I think it was a smaller production one, run, and I think you're right. I think there was a real scramble to get those before they disappeared, because yeah. then the Empire cards were coming out and, and kind of choking them off the rack, too. So, yeah, that, those green cards... I, I used to really keep up with, like, values and all that, and I, you know, years ago stopped, but I, I'd be curious to know where that stuff stands today, because... Well, when
0: I've looked up Star Wars cards, because I've you know, I've sort of regained a few of them I just have a sort of cursory collection of them I don't have any complete sets of them I just have enough to go through and go Ah yes, my s- s- Star Wars cards My original Star Wars cards I have some of them Most of them have been bought, sold, lost You know, in the years And uh So, you know, I was I, I decided to go onto eBay And see, you know, what are You know, what are Star Wars cards going for And they're not outrageously expensive. They're Mm -hmm. not as outrageously, you know, they're they're not cheap. They were definitely not cheaper. I'd have gone out and bought all of them, you know. But they weren't a gold mine. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If you had a complete set of really nice Star Wars cards, you know, yeah, you know, they they they'd be they they'd buy you and the wife a really nice dinner, you know. Well,
3: that's, that's a shame because to... I always figured that they were worth a lot more. You I wonder so? why that is. I wonder if it's because of the, you know, the immediate availability of the movies and that that they that they've lost a little bit of.
0: Yeah, I think they are worth uh, uh, If I remember, they were sort of averaging out like around a buck a piece. You know, if you had a Star Wars card, it was almost like having a dollar bill. Which is huh. a bad. That's not a bad return on twelve cents or 16 Well That's not cents. bad because I, I, you
3: know, I'm pretty sure of you know, and I'm not trying to brag, but of the original movie, the, the first movie, I think of all those sets, the, the the blue, red, yellow, green. I think I've got all those. I could be uh, if I'm if I'm missing anything, it's one or two
0: totally
3: here that. or there, and I I would love to be able to fill those in because to my mind, the only ones I am missing is uh, one of the. Were there two or three sets of Empire? I can't remember. But one of those sets, I know I'm missing two cards in, in an Empire oh. set somewhere. So I'd love to I've be able a to whole bunch that. of
0: Empire cards. You should just shoot off. You should figure out which ones there. Maybe I have doubles of them.
3: Oh, there you go. I'll have to do that. Definitely have to do that. I'd love to have a, have a complete. Because as a kid, I never did have a complete set of one of the two I think it was only two sets of empire cards anyway that I had, that's a whole another movie <laughs> I had a, such
0: bad luck as a card collector's kid as a kid I never got complete sets I don't think I got a complete set of any kind of card till the dinosaurs attack cards came out <laughs> and that well Star Wars
3: cards I don't know how I got so lucky with Star Wars cards because with Star Wars cards I, I mean, I bought Star Wars, you know, the the original movie, all those sets, you know, the, all the different colors. I bought all those and it was always with allowance money. It was, it was you yeah. know, mowing lawns or shoveling sidewalks or a lot of times you know, my folks would let me have the deposit on all the Pepsi bottles. You know, my dad was a Pepsi-holic and there was those great big, what were they, 16-ounce bottles. And if yeah. I was willing to carry those damn things all the way to the store where the Star Wars cards were, I could – you know, trade them in for the deposit and use that deposit money on my Star Wars cards. But with Empire, the funny thing is, is Empire cards were basically free because we lived down the street from, you know, this was years later. We lived down the street from that Ames and we would just go steal them. Yeah. As awful as that is, I hate to admit that, but it was the truth. I mean, as a kid, we were, you know, we had sticky fingers and I stole shit loads of Empire Strikes Back cards from that Ames department store. And had a zillion doubles but yet never managed to get the complete set. Or so as I... they as they called
0: Ames in Carthage, Ames's. Yeah, Ames's yeah. Yeah, so going down to Ames's. Yeah,
3: that is what everybody called it. Uh, oh, how was a
0: bad, bad kid. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember us going into FaZe and in, in Watertown and just stuffing paper bags full of comic books, like <laughs> ridiculously ridiculously to the point of where we couldn't believe we would just be like, well, we're getting away with. It. Let's go stuff some more in there. Let's go I, do it again. I remember <laughs> getting the Fury of the Firestorm number one that way, and then going and then we'd go and sit and play Tron with the comics propped up on the floor <laughs> next to the Tron game, Woo, right in the store. Dum to dum to dum, and then just stroll right out, and then we'd stroll right down the parking lot, climb up the side of the. The sign with the movie names on it and change the names of the movies and <laughs> stride on out. We're, like we we're getting, the place
3: We're getting off topic, but you're oh, right. Oh, it, we, did, we did do shit like that. Terrible.
0: right? It's Terrible. Serial trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what, from one thing to <laughs> the next. And then we'd go up the street to Benny's Steakhouse and steal all the letters off their sign and then go to see Starman and throw them at the screen.
3: <laughs> what movie was it we we saw where where we stuck a letter right? In, I think it was Jedi, wasn't it? It
0: might have been Jedi.
3: <laughs> we, some one of us, one of the two of us, I can't remember who did it now. One of the two of us threw a letter like a ninja throwing star, and it yep. just stuck right in the screen for like the whole movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had forgot about that. All
3: about that. Oh my god! Is that what you just said? You forgot all about I that for-
0: too? I, I no, well. I, I forgot about that particular incident till just then, because I remember we used to just go routinely steal those letters because they were good for <laughs> flinging at the screen. I remember flinging them at Dreamscape, Starman.
3: <laughs> it may not have been letters, but I can distinctly remember Yoda. Being something being thrown at Yoda and it stuck in the screen, and it, it was probably one of those letters, but yeah I, it was either at Empire or more than, more than likely it was at Jedi because we were older by then we were we were teenagers, and we were feeling a little more ballsy, so i 'm thinking it was probably Jedi. And we threw something at Yoda, and it stuck in the screen through like at least like half the movie.
0: We were probably yelling, "Die already, Jesus!" <laughs> I know that scene lasts forever. We're getting we're getting tangent way we're off topic. Only be talking about just the, just Star Wars. We started the, talking about getting back on topic, and then we flew even further off topic. I know.
3: Oh, it's it's easy to do because be, right. be, it evokes such such memories in the both of us of of, of the, all this stuff.
0: Well, I say we take five and we compose our thoughts. Maybe do a little Zen meditation, do a little Tai Chi, and drink a little <laughs> chai tea, as I am wont to say, and we'll come back with our with our. I guess I don't want to say the end of the Star Wars because it never ended, <laughs> All right. but but towards the end of Star Wars and the lead up into the the Empire Strikes Back, which the sequel? Which yep. Which we will see. You, we will see you for our in-depth coverage of that in episode twenty or, or start Star Wars Monthly Monday, what number twenty-one? <laughs> when we hit that. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, we'll be right back. Hi, folks. I'm Chris Honeywell from 2-2 Freaks. If you're like me, you love those classic soundtrack themes, but you feel that they're missing something. Well, I've figured out what that something is. Words! Yes, I'm practically tone-deaf, but it hasn't stopped me from using rudimentary lyrical techniques to bring you this amazing collection called... Honeywell, Honeywell sings the, the shit, shit out of, of classic, classic movie themes. Volume oh, 1! Yes, you'll hear me croon all your sensitive celluloid favorites, like... Oh, Princess oh. Leia.
1: Didn't you know her mother.
0: Oh, Princess Leia. And hey, what about this romantic gem? I cut the head off of a horse and I put it in your bed. It's just a warning about the next time I will make you dead. You kiss my ring, I do my thing. It's just my job here in the mob, I am a slob. Whoa, but just because I have a sensitive side, doesn't mean I can't wax majestic.
2: Finding idols, digging bones, women
0: call him Indiana Jones. He hates Nazis, he hates snakes. Buddy, ironically always runs into Yes. Not only will my singing soothe and inspire you, but sometimes it will also scare the shit out of you. Shark is coming. 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 Shark is coming, shark is coming. It's a shark. 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 It's about 20 feet long and it's got to eat. Shark, 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 shark. I'm so confident that you will treasure this collection that if you're not 100% satisfied, I will kill myself. Honeywell Sings the Shit Out of Classic Music Themes Volume 1 is available on phone Records.
3: Okay, we're back for the final segment of the show, which we're going to call the long wait for The Empire Strikes Back. And what I mean by that is, you know, I have a feeling that a lot of people probably listening to us grew up, you know, during the time when you could watch these movies, you know, they, they were already released on, say, you know, VHS tape or DVD or whatever, you know, the modern era. Mm-hmm. But for us, that long wait, you know, where, whereas you can sit and you can watch the entire original Star Wars trilogy in six hours on, say, DVD, it took us six years yeah. Yeah. to watch the the Star Wars trilogy first time around. You know what I mean?
0: Six long years. Six.
3: Long, 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 excruciatingly long years. Because when you're a kid, you know, especially, you know, you're 10 years old, and, you know, you're told that, well, you know, you've got to wait, you know, three years for that next movie. It's like, oh, my God. I mean, because the summer to, to you when you're a kid, you know, just two months off in the summer – is an eternity I mean it seems like all the time in the world so you know waiting three years for anything it's it's unbelievable I mean you remember what it was like when you were a kid waiting for Christmas to come around three and it years, might be July or August you
0: three know? years is 75% of your high school career it's <laughs> yeah, true
3: oh my god that's a good way to put it yeah that's true that's absolutely and it's absolutely true
0: it's your entire middle school career
3: yep scary so yeah, that that weight was. Uh, although I do think, though, that the weight between Empire and Jedi was tougher because, like you you pointed out off the air, you know, Empire left on a cliffhanger, and we were we were given certain things, you know, who was the other, and you know, is is Vader really Luke's father? Stuff like that. Whereas Star Wars, at least for me, I didn't even realize there was going to be a sequel until I saw the trailer.
0: Right, right.
3: Now, the trailer I saw, you know, I went to the, the Black River Drive-In. This was my third viewing that I talked about earlier. I went with a, a good friend of mine. His name was, uh, was Eddie Johnson, who I haven't spoken to in I don't know how many years. Really good guy, though. And we begged his mom, and his mom took me and Eddie and Eddie's little brother, and we saw Star Wars. And, you know, I took my tape recorder and recorded the movie, and as soon as the movie was over you know i turned the recorder off cuz the movie was over and then instantly realized oh my god there's something more so i you know hurriedly i put the recorder back on and i recorded this
2: luke skywalker and han solo rescued the princess destroyed the death star but their story didn't end there Creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Yeah. The continuing story of our band of heroes Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C3PO, R2D2, and Chewbacca. Hey. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. Of heroes and villains. They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds. odyssey against oppression. A big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer. All
3: right, so that's what I heard, you know. I well, I saw it too, but you know, I wouldn't see that video again. You know, that that the uh, the video portion of that trailer, I would not see again for well over 20 years. But I recorded that trailer and was just absolutely blown away by it. I mean, it, it opened up. A whole new dimension of Star Wars to me. The, the thought that in a year, there was going to be a whole nother chapter. And I can remember, you said you remember me going to school, and you didn't really believe me about yeah. anything that I you. Thought well, you I was just back
0: just white. flipping out. You're, oh my God, there's this white room. It's all white, like Logan's run. And, you know, Vader's sitting at a table with a dinner put in front of him. And, you know, the door opens up and Han and, or, well, you know, you see Han and Leia and Chewie and the door opens up and there's Vader with a, a dinner spread in front of him. And, you know, I, you know, he join me and they, and Han Solo fires off a shot and Darth Vader deflects, deflects it with his hand. Mm. And I was just like, what? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. But, you know, I mean, it, it it pretty much boggled the mind, you know. It was maybe too much for me to believe, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, your description was, uh, you know, spot on. But yeah, parts
3: I, of parts of it were, parts of it weren't, because that you know, watching that video again, you know, that was spot on with with him actually deflecting the bolts, which it really is pretty unbelievable if you consider the first movie he doesn't do anything near that you know so that is right. pretty unbelievable to somebody who didn't see the trailer like i did yeah. but then there were other aspects that i got completely wrong you know because like the the rebels on hoth you know you, you only catch quick glimpses of everything and it looked so completely different from star wars the first star wars you know because the first star wars you know everything's dirty. You know they're on a sand planet, and then you know they're in the clunky Millennium Falcon, and then they're you know they're dealing with the clunky and really beat up looking X-wings. And except for the the dark imperial stuff, nothing looked new. You know nothing looked like a space movie had prior to Star Wars. You know every, everything prior to Star Wars, everything looked pristine and space white. Space age, and, yeah, space age. But Star Wars you know it had that dirty lived in look to it but suddenly here was a, an ad for empire and they were in the snow and they were on you know of course we didn't know you know I didn't know it was cloud city but they were in a place that looked like logan's run where everything was was futuristic and space age looking and pretty and and yeah, smooth beautiful smooth walls smooth walls yeah and and so seeing the the rebel soldiers on hoth in those couple quick scenes and having no frame of reference i thought that they were sand people you know i thought somehow no, don't ask me why i thought they were in the snow but i thought that they were some kind of sand people like in a snow environment so i didn't know what i was looking at so certain things i might have told you like yeah you know darth vader deflects hans laser shots but then i'm sure i told you about the snow people too and you're right. probably like i have no what? idea what you're talking yeah. about so, yeah, that's funny, you know, how the impressions that I got from that. But what's really wild is that, you know, here I had an audio recording of that trailer, but would not actually lay eyes on that trailer again for it had to be over 20 years because, you know, just a couple years ago, I found this collection online somewhere. It was called the Ultimate Supplemental Collection which is just, you know, it's, it's just a fan-made thing of, like, all these rare Star Wars clips, like trailers and that sort of thing. And on the disc for Empire was all these original Empire trailers, and lo and behold, as I'm watching through, that trailer comes up, and it brought tears to my eyes. I was like, oh, my God, that's that trailer that I hadn't seen since I was, you know, 10 years old. So it was really pretty cool, you know, to see that again. And then there's actually a scene... In that trailer, that's a cut scene. It was uh, where our, where three uh, PO rips
0: the sign down.
3: warning, yeah, he rips the sign down, and the and the the Imperials go into where the the Wampas were stored, wampa, which wampa, is a wampa. It, Yeah, well, man, I wish they would restore that scene to that movie. I'd love to see that.
0: Yeah, it gives C three PO a little bit of a devious uh, touch <laughs> to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our imaginations were going nuts at this point, you know, because. We had Star Wars, and Star Wars, we were reliving it over and over again and trying to figure out, you know, we were coming up with our own little storylines and stuff, and Scott and I both actually had the experience of having dreams of seeing a Star Wars sequel. Mm -hmm. And mine was just this weird, surreal dream of R2 and 3PO standing on the side of a house like their feet were magnetically attached to this house and they were just sort of talking and it was that weird thing in a movie where you're sort of or in a movie in a dream where you know you're you're actively watching the movie but it's sort of happening around you too and i just remember going this is really unusual for us for a Star Wars movie but you know I Star Wars at that point if it had Star Wars stamped on it i was i was happy even in my dreams <laughs> and I remember waking up really frustrated that the dream didn't go on longer, so I didn't get to see more of what, you know, the new stuff would be.
3: <laughs> well I had a really freaky one that uh Yeah, you know, I, I like sometimes when you have a really freaky dream, I like to try to figure out what what was the stimuli that gave me this really wacky dream? You know, what what is it in my waking life that fed into this? And this one, I can only imagine that that I think there were two things, is that in one of the magazines, you know, those humor magazines that we used to read, you know, like we mentioned like Mad or Cracked or one of those, there was this terrible Star Wars story that they did and it wasn't based on anything. And it was just called Star Wars 2, where they were like speculating what the next movie might be or whatever, the next adventure. And it was just terrible. I can remember it had something to do with they were on this planet with a bunch of sheep or something. And it was really, really lame. It wasn't funny or anything. And then, you know, there was the the infamous Star Wars holiday special, you know, where they went back to Kashyyyk, you know, Chewie's home planet, and they celebrated Life Day. And there was a scene where, I think it's the only scene that has Luke in it, where he's working on his X-Wing and he's got R2 with him. And so the dream I had was that literally the entire movie was nothing but Luke in his orange flight suit working on his X-Wing and talking to R2. And that was the whole dream. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, I wasn't like I was mad or upset or, or, you know, ranting or anything. But I was more just a little kid watching it going. Wow, I don't, I don't think people are gonna like this.
0: <laughs> this is really boring. It was sort you know, of like is... that movie, My Dinner with Andre. <laughs> my
3: My Dinner with r Two. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, it was really funny because it, I hadn't quite developed that that side of my personality yet, yeah. where I where I ranted and and railed against things. It was more like. I think the returns are, are really going to be down on, on this particular Star Wars. I don't think it's going to do near as
0: well. It's not going to pack them in like before. Yeah, it's that kind of. They went from edgier seat excitement to uh, insightful conversation. <laughs> uh,
3: now, with you know, with with us not even really realizing that there was going to be a sequel and all that, I think that we had an easier time. Going into Empire because we didn't have really. I mean, I, I don't think I really had expectations per se. I mean, I just went to it like, okay, this is the next thing, give it to me. Whereas I think going into Jedi and part of maybe a lot of people's reasons why Jedi doesn't wasn't quite um, as I don't know as I don't want to say successful, but wasn't as accepted as Jedi, or excuse me, as Empire Empire. was because people had serious expectations going to Jedi. Whereas, I I don't know about everybody else, but going into Empire I really didn't have any other than, I can remember, I remember in Mrs. Dunn's class, and she was what, was she our 6th grade? Yeah. English teacher, really nice lady, and I wrote a story where Vader... You know, you'll remember at the end of Star Wars, Vader, you know, he spins out of control, right? And, you know, he's seen kind of spinning off at the end. And I think actually we do see him regain control of of his TIE fighter, but I think I had forgotten that you see that. But anyway, I wrote this short story where Vader regains control of his TIE fighter and he ends up linking back up with like the Imperial fleet, like this fleet of Star Destroyers. And he lands in one. And all I can really remember about the story is he he gets, you know, he he gets out of his ship. He meets up with whoever, like, the commander of the thing is. And for some reason, they get into an argument. And Vader just eventually has enough of the guy and just cleaves him in half with his lightsaber. Which is really funny because, you know, then, of course, in, in Empire, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't cut anybody up. But he does, like, choke a couple of different Imperial officers. So it's weird how I almost yeah. predicted that in my mind that he would have problems with subordinates and, and end up killing them off. It's really weird. But anyway, I remember Mrs. Dunn giving me a really good grade on that. And like there was a little, you know, she'd write little comments off to the side. It was something like, you know, really good story. I, I hope something like this is in the new movie or something to that effect. And I was really, I it always stuck with me that, that, you know, that she liked my story and all that. But uh...
0: it almost se- that almost seems like uh, something they would have done. Um, you remember the radio show uh, Oh the I love radio yeah. show and, and that would sort of elaborate on scenes either way and I remember I didn't hear it when it came on an NPR. I think it was on the I can't remember the call letters, but it was a Syracuse rock station and mm-hmm. they were just gonna play the whole thing. And it took all day, you know, once they had Factor and commercials and yeah, it's Station long. ID, and I think it's Originally like six hours long Or something, it's incredibly You know, and it has A lot of expo- There's a lot of sort of Useless expounding Like it'll have the same same Scene, but there'll just be Three times as much dialogue Right, and And, and you know, Luke will be describing what he sees you know instead of you seeing it so it so it's it's like a radio play it 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 was written like a radio play and i remember i listened to the whole thing you know i put the headphones on and all day made a pain in the ass of myself you know fiddling with the with the receiver because you know you had to have the planets perfectly aligned and right correct weather and And the satellites right in the atmosphere And then you could get the Syracuse station And I was really disappointed that It wasn't all the original actors You know, it was some of them But there were a lot of other actors playing it And they didn't sound exactly like the uh, You know, I couldn't get over that But I, you know, of course I was still listening to it From beginning to end But I remember being very disappointed in that, you know that yeah, it's got Mark the- Hamill
3: and Anthony Daniels, and I think that's it. That's I think everybody it. else is, is somebody different, and some of them are good. You know, like the guy that does Han Solo is not too bad. I got used to his voice, but I think Anne Sachs, you know, and forgive me, Ann Sachs, if you're still alive out there, but I thought she was terrible as Princess uh-huh. Leia. <laughs> but it's funny that, you know, those guys – Still, you know they they maintain those roles even in other projects that beyond the radio show. Because I remember, remember the album um, "Rebel Mission to Ord Mantel? Yeah, yeah, was those same voices were in that. You know, now I don't think it was Mark Hamill, and I know it wasn't C-3PO as Anthony Daniels, but I'm pretty sure that Leia and Han in that are the same ones from the radio show. So yeah, that that was really cool. I was so jealous of you as a kid when because uh, I remember you coming to school or wherever and telling me that you had heard it and I think at that point I had heard of it right but that was like the one piece you know, of Star Wars that you know never came heard to of our it? area they had
0: a poster of it up in the library in Carthage
3: oh yeah I think you're right
0: that's how we that's how I think we heard of it
3: well I remember there being a, a, an ad in the comics it was probably in the Star Wars comics but I'm not sure but there was an ad in the comics Somewhere And the art in the picture, I can remember, wasn't very good. But it said something about listen to Star Wars on national public radio. And I remember in our area, we didn't get national public radio. And it really was frustrating as a kid because, yeah. you know, we were, we were so lucky. We got Star Wars in the newspaper. And, you know, of course, we got the Star Wars comic. We got everything else, it seemed, that was out for Star Wars. But we couldn't get the radio show. And I remember just feeling... Teased because there were articles about it. We found out that Brian Daly was the writer on it and, you know, that it had all this extra stuff and that it had, you know, drew heavily from, you know, like the Journal of the Wilds and the original scripts of of George Lucas and all this. And I was like, damn it, I wanted to listen to it. But I, I actually didn't hear it at all, any of it, until it came out on cassette tape, you know. Relatively not too many years ago, you know, it was good. It was a good twenty years after the movies and everything. But I was in like a, I don't know, like a Walden books or something, and boom, there it was. You know, for sale for it was expensive, and it's like eight cassettes or something.
0: Yeah, I
3: snapped it up as soon as I I was like, oh my god, I've wanted to hear this all my life, and I listened to it over and over and over. It's really really good. It it is long, and there are some parts. I'll be honest, I think they're a little boring, but. You got so much more. I mean, because there's entire chapters of that radio show. You know, at, at least a couple chapters before we even get to um, the Rebel blockade runner being chased by the Star Destroyer, yeah. which is how the movie starts. And then there's entire chapters with with Biggs and you know all the guys on tattooing with Luke and all. I, I really did enjoy it. It, it seemed to just. Give that much more to the story. Yeah, and, and well, I
0: had Luke palin around with his chums and a little, little. There was like a girl. Wasn't there a girl like a tomboy sort of girl? Amy. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. That you sort of picked You know. You sort of got the idea that maybe he had a crush on her. Yeah. You know that sort of thing. So there, yeah,
3: she was she was Fixer's girlfriend, but Luke right. had the hots for her. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God, I I haven't drawn on that memory well in a long time. Somewhere or other in all my acquired MP3s, I have something called the making of the Star Wars radio. I think they call it the Star Wars radio drama. Uh And you know what? I don't know that I've ever listened to it. I mean, I've listened to the the show itself many times, but I can't remember if I've ever listened to that making of segment or not. I'm going to have to give that a listen to now that I'm thinking about it but i i did i got the biggest kick out of that i really enjoyed it you know what else i just remembered we totally forgot to talk about was uh was uh splinter of the mind's eye but uh, I, do we want to talk about that or do we want to save that for for something
0: we later could do on? a whole show about splinter's splinter of the mind's eye but it's worth mentioning because boy that was you know i mean that came out while star wars was still playing Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing that you could you could say felt canonical. Right. You know, it was a novel. And I remember you did, did you ever meet Mrs. Redfield?
3: I'm not sure.
0: For some I reason don't, Mrs. I don't
3: think I did because I remember everybody always telling me how hot she was, and it seems like I'd remember her if she was uh-huh. good looking. So I don't I don't think I ever did meet her.
0: Well, Mrs. Redfield is babysitting us or watching us and she took us to a bookstore and she said I'll buy you all a book and I saw that on the you know, I saw that on the shelf and I was just like (gasps) you know, with that picture of Darth Vader and the caber crystal glowing in the foreground and Luke and Leia, you know, with the uh, is it Leia that has the, the stone on her legs? Yes. And, uh
3: No, no, it's Luke.
0: It's Luke. Because Leia fights fights Vader. That's right. Yeah, it's Luke. That's right. I forgot she fought Vader. That's totally awesome. And uh, Mrs. Redfield is like, I'll buy that book. And I was just like, (gasps) and then I think she went to the like the racket club or something or some health club to do something. And you know we were just sort of sitting around, and they had a little play area for the kids and I was just sitting there, and I like cracked open the book and just started reading it you know and I probably read it in the car, I probably read it walking into the house and read it under the sheets at night till it was over and that filled out a lot of things from Star Wars and really oh, yeah. really shaded it up really well and it was it was like the comics where it was uh you know, Alan Dean Foster was sort of playing up the 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 sexual tension between Luke and Leia. I think there's a scene where Leia like changes clothes and Luke's sort of peeking at her or Right,
3: yes, yep. What I liked about that was I thought that it really maintains not only the feel, of course, of Star Wars, but unlike Empire, I think that Splinter really maintained that gritty lived yes. in feel granted it's a book and it's all in your mind's eye so i guess that's open to you know personal interpretation but in my no, mind it, i saw the world that they were a mimbin i think it's called yes. as being very gritty and broken down and just kind of a shitty place well to, I'll, to I'll put find it this way i remember
0: strained. all the characters names you know there's old hala who was the stand in for yep. uh ben kenobi there was hin and key the the yuzms. Yep. With the, that were basically Wookies with little elephant noses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, actually, I, I, I shouldn't say I remember all, because I can't remember any of the Was Imperial. Grimbor,
3: the the Imperial guy, something, something like, like Grim, that. Grimbor or something. Yeah. I,
0: I remember he would come into, he, like, came into the bar, and, like, this creature is, like, bootlick, bootlick, and he'd, like, lick <laughs> yes. off all the, <laughs> lick off all the, Mud off his boots, and then he'd like fling a imperial penny at him or something, you know. Oh, it was for
3: a drink. He wanted liquor.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right.
3: Yep, I, I do remember that.
0: And uh, yeah, it, well, it was a pretty gritty story, and and it, it had a pretty gritty, violent fight between Darth Vader and and Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. That was that was and dead
3: that book has a moment in it that I wish had wound up in the Empire Strikes Back so bad, which was, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about how much we should spoil because I really want, if you've never read this book, I really want people to, to read it. If, you know, if you're a Star Wars fan, but you've never read Splinter of the Minds, Eye, I want you to read it. So I'm afraid to give anything away, but there was a moment where Luke faces Darth Vader and Vader's doing the typical, you know, you cannot win, you know, you cannot beat me, blah, blah, blah. And Luke is holding his saber and he doesn't quite know what to say to Vader. And he, you know, he just says the thing he thinks is most going to unsettle him. And he says, I'm Ben Kenobi. And it was, it was that, granted, it was in that in-between period between Star Wars and Empire. So you didn't know which way things were going to play out or whatever. We knew that somehow Luke was hearing Kenobi's voice in the first movie you know so, but we didn't know how right. that was going to play out so this book almost supposed that Luke was almost being haunted or maybe even slightly possessed by the spirit of Ben Kenobi that's kind of how I interpreted it anyway yeah. and I thought that was a really interesting way to go that in that moment Luke was actually channeling Ben Kenobi and yeah. telling Vader that he would he could he could hold his own because for that moment he actually was ben kenobi i thought that was great yeah. i thought that was very original and a really interesting way to take that story
0: hats off to alan dean foster and you know what in the timing of our monthly monday shows this yeah. show should be coming out
3: right about the time we go to dragon con it should
0: be on the coming out the last day of dragon con so maybe this will be our charm and we'll get to get our copies of Splinter of the Mind's Eye autographed by. He's going to be Foster. there. And I yeah. tell you,
3: I think that may be the thing I'm most that's, excited that's, for for uh-huh. DragonCon is actually meeting him. Because I learned about Splinter of the Mind's Eye from, I don't know who the person was. And I wish I did. You know, I really wish I knew who the person was because it was, you remember where the old swimming hole was in West Carthage? Yeah. Now, way down that road, whatever the name of that road was, there was somebody that my mother knew. I don't know if it was a a babysitter, because I just think I was too old for a babysitter by that point. Maybe it was Holly's babysitter. Well, out that road was somebody, some friend of my mom's. And for some reason, I was at their house. And this woman, her husband came home. And somehow, in the course of conversation, maybe I had Star Wars toys with me or something. I don't remember. But somehow or other, it came out that I was really a Star Wars nut. And the guy was like, oh, well, have you seen this? And handed me a copy of Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And my child mind couldn't wrap my mind around this concept that there was something Star Wars that I was totally unaware of. Yeah. And so I'm looking at this cover, and if you've never seen the cover, it's literally, it's a cover of Darth Vader standing looking at you, the reader, and he's in this, like, temple. It looks a lot like the Masassi Temple from, you know, from Yavin at the end of yeah. the, the original Star Wars. Yeah. And there's these two figures on the ground, which are not immediately recognizable as Luke and Leia because they're not dressed In recognizable outfits. they're they're not
0: facing you either. They're sort of facing away.
3: And so looking at that cover, it very much looked to me almost like, and it's not called Star Wars either. Star Wars is nowhere on the cover of the original copy I had of this book. It just says, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And it's got these two people on the ground that to me looked very much like the Hardy Boys. So I'm thinking like, what the hell is Darth Vader doing in this Hardy Boys mystery? And it was just, I couldn't put my mind around the fact of what I was looking at. And it wasn't until I started thumbing through and realizing, oh my God, this is a sequel to Star Wars. You know, this is another Star Wars. But it's just that initial reaction, as goofy as it is, has always stuck with me that I, I, I honestly didn't. I couldn't figure out why Vader was on Earth with this, like, teen detective team or whatever. I really thought that's what I was looking at was like, because it does. It almost has that sort of, like, encyclopedia Brown. yeah, it's a Hardy Boys cover. But it had Vader on it, and I was trying to figure out why this is so weird. Why is Darth Vader in this? And then I realized what it what it was, and I've I mean I've read that book so many times, and and just ate it up with a spoon, and loved 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 Splinter of the Mind's Eye.
0: Yeah, and I'm surprised it took so long for them to make a comic adaptation of it.
3: And you know the sad thing is, as much talent as, as there is on that, it's really not very good.
0: Uh huh. And and but they made a comic right away of Han Solo at Star's End mm-hmm. and there were those books too those books quickly followed was god I
3: can't believe I forgot about those yeah that
0: my, I remember my hated Uncle Dale who was just an evil person he was a mean nasty person but he was a sci-fi fan and I remember once in trying to like kiss you know make up for being a jerk you know he was trying to be a nice guy and gave me uh Han Solo at Star's End, and I believe it's Han Solo and The Lost Legacy.
3: There's three of them, and you know what? I don't think I can reach my, uh... yeah, I'm, I'm tethered somebody, to the computer Somebody,
0: Somebody will chime in on the... It's Han Solo's lore.
3: Revenge and Han Solo yes. and The Lost Legacy. Lost yeah, Legacy, right.
0: yeah. And then there were three Lando books, too, but that was until after Yeah, Man- those were Empire, Empire
3: era, yeah. Those are really good, by the way. I need to reread those because I haven't read them since my initial read when I was a kid. But the Han Solo ones—I gotta be honest—I didn't all like them. Oh, you didn't? Oh, I always thought you were a big fan of those eh. books. Oh, yeah, I was. was I don't I was remember
0: like, much of anything about them other than they were sort of like a, a crappy version of the comic books. Yeah. Which we haven't really mentioned in all this because we talk about those all the time and they're yeah relevance, but those were also, you know, of course, a huge factor. in our. One
3: of these days, I really want to do more of an in-depth, and I don't know how we would do it exactly, but I would like to talk about the strip that was in the paper, you know, in our local paper, because there was actually a couple different versions and different strips that ran, but the one that we had um, was the Russ Manning strip. And you know we'll we'll save that for another time. But one of these days, I really would like to talk about that strip because mm-hmm. most of that stuff, the the good, you know, the really good runs of that were reprinted in. Uh, I think it's called Classic Star Wars: The Early Adventures. I think is the Something name of it. Like it was that, yeah, Dark Horse thing that they they reprinted a lot of that stuff. But uh, w- one of these days, I'm going to get because I have almost a complete collection at least as long as it ran in our local paper anyway of those Star Wars strips. I'm missing like a couple weeks somewhere in in the middle of that story remember when they were on the gambling planet that was the story that ran the longest was they were on that gambling planet and, and 3PO and R2 go to the droid that was like a weapons provider and he like loaded them up with all these weapons and then they run across these like Teenage alien toughs and they get into some sort of firefight with them. Somewhere in that middle of that story, I'm missing just a couple of strips, but otherwise, I've got like a complete collection of all the other stories, like where Luke gets the Jawa disease and all these other stories. And actually, some of them are actually really, really cool. But I, I love that too. That that strip was just, you know, was just more of that in between. And that's where I first, you know, where we first learned uh, the name of Luke's father which they eventually changed they didn't, you know, by, by Jedi they came up with a different name but in that Russ Manning strip there was a part where PO went to talk to that that lady computer Madame Memos or whatever her name was and uh, it said that his father's name was Tan Skywalker but they, for some reason they they backpedaled on that I don't know why I need to look that up and see if maybe there's like a Wikipedia entry on Tan Skywalker and just see what comes up. (laughs) Tanakin! Tanakin, there you go. (laughs) Alright,
0: now we're just getting silly. Well, I think we should wrap it up. I think we've pretty, uh, pretty much encapsulated our Star Wars experience at least up to, up to, but not beyond Empire Strikes Back.
3: Leading into Empire, you're yep. You're going to have to wait and ten
0: more episodes to... Yeah,
3: And I don't want to hear any bitching and complaining, oh, ten episodes, that's ten months from now. Hey, we waited whoa, three whoa, years whoa. for Empire, so I don't uh-huh. want to hear it. Shut your bitching.
0: I don't think they'll be hotly, as hotly anticipating that as we were oh, yeah, Empire. Right. Yeah, they you're right. They, all they over will. the world, they'll be, they'll be
3: clamoring for, when, when is it coming out, man? Give us a trailer or something.
0: Give us some footage. Just, just a teaser. Anything. A publicity shot. Sorry, punks.
3: (laughs) You got to earn it.
0: Yep. Two true freaks. Blue Harvest. Suck it, baby.
3: Visit our website at 2 com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. 2 com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. The Two True Freaks now have a phone line where you can call and leave a completely inappropriate message. Maybe we'll even use it on the show. That number is one five eight five cop lure That's 1-585-267-5873.
0: You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com.
3: If you enjoyed this show, why not review us in iTunes? And if you didn't enjoy this show, why not review us in iTunes? Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com
0: slash league. We are now also members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check it out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. Thanks for listening to Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by DeManzo Core of Milan, Italy and by the letters F and U.